We've got blood. We've got destroyers. So you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, it is Seb. Afternoon, Brian. Afternoon, AEW Galaxy. I'm back with another stable. We're going with Sky Blue, Willow, Maria Canellis, Labor Bates, Jack Perry, and Hook. And this is called Scooby Blue. Where are you? Scooby Blue. Okay. You trying to word this what I? Yeah, I'm gonna need a little help. Okay, so Sky Blue was obviously in a Scooby Doo. Yes, that's the only part that made sense to me actually. So she's Scooby Blue. Uh, then uh, Willow Willow loves to do a, a tugboat pose which is the same pose that like Scrappy Doo used to do <laughs> how would any normal person know this I put uh, Maria Canellis obviously as Daphne and then we had uh, Velma as Labour Bates because she's got glasses and then I had Hook as Shaggy and then I went with Jack Perry <laughs> as uh, Fred just so the monster could be revealed as CM Punk and he would have been like I would have got away from it if it wasn't for that pesky glass <laughs> <laughs> oh you're stupid yeah I know but it's a way to open the show in it so do you want to tell them the one that was lost to time forever real quick I don't remember it was the Adams family one. Oh, we do uh, Adam Page Adam Cole Adam Copeland Don Callis and Dan Heisen yeah. the Adams family yeah Ooh. that's what it was so yeah, we uh, we recorded an episode a few weeks ago, but I got really behind and I had some things happen and I forced myself to take a hard reset. So I deleted all of our hard audio for that because I wanted to force myself to remove and just unwind. So we're back now. Um, hopefully we won't miss any more weeks. We probably will. Actually, I know for sure we will coming up in about a month and a half or so, but um Hopefully, you know, things will keep going as they're going and uh, we'll just keep going as they say. And I'll just keep saying going. Special shout out to Occam's Laser for the excellent intro theme to the podcast. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Spotify, Facebook, 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 Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor if you'd be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on, and drop us a quick rating and review. It really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week work wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexax and Sanku. So I'm sure we have a lot of news that we could potentially talk about um, because it's been several weeks. Is there anything big that you want to mention? Um, we can quickly cover Bang for Glory happened this weekend. Uh, Sunny Kiss debuted uh, for Impact. And Max, not Max Steel, Ace Steel, he's got a contract with Impact Night. They apparently did offer a contract to CM Punk, and he was backstage this weekend. Yes, he was. But, yeah, he didn't come One out. One Bill so. Phil, going to be back to help TNA. Yeah, going to come by TNA now. Yeah, back how do you to the old school that? name. Do you know what? I really like the name Impact, and I know that like flagship shows still going to be called Impact, but yeah, I kind of grown yeah, it's just called to, like, like TNA Impact Wrestling now or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, I've grown to like really appreciate the name Impact. So, hey ho, you don't like TNA? I think it was originally like TNA to be a play on tits and ass. Tits so. and ass, baby. Oh, God, look how look how edgy we are. Um, 
But yeah, I don't mind it terribly, but I prefer the name Impact. Okay. Well, one thing I know is that um, you're not going to stop watching. No, I'm not. <laughs> You'll be there. Anything else happen? That was like the biggest thing I saw too was the CM Punk potentially, you know, he was backstage at their tapings or something that was in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I would not be shocked if he shows up. He should show up. To be fair, he could he could do like a couple of months and then and then fuck off to, w, uh, to WWE if that's where he's it going. It could literally so. just be an appearance. Like WWE is not going to give him the same live mic that TNA is going to give him. No, true, true. TNA is going to give him a live mic and say, "Here you go, say whatever the fuck you want. We don't care. We're fucking back." That's what Scott Demore said, right? Yeah, yeah. You think they're going to be edgier now too? It's edgier than they've been. They're going to bleed more. We're going to see uh, what's his name just bleed out next time. Oh, Steve Macklin. Steve Macklin. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, we won't get it off PCO. I know PCO is retiring soon. Uh, we won't get it from Sammy Callahan because Sammy Callahan was backstage at Collision. Like he's officially left Impact now. Yeah, he's probably going to end up in AEW. Yeah, yeah. He's got ties to Mark, so like that'd be pretty cool. I would assume he would probably. You think he'd go right into the Blackpool Combat Club? I don't think he'd go into the Blackpool. I think he'd more more likely have a feud with Mox, like they'd have a blood feud sort of thing. You don't think him and Mox would form like the Ohio Combat Club? Maybe, but no one wants Ohio, man. They could also put Wardlow in there. He's from Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, If they still had Pillman Jr., they could put him there, but he doesn't go by that name anymore. Yeah, Lexi King. Alexia King. Yeah. Um, Alexa Bliss is from Ohio. Fair. Fair. Um, some other people are from Ohio too. Fair. While we're on the uh, the WWE train, I would like to send my condolences out to Tyson Kidd. Um, like this wasn't common knowledge re- until recently. Like uh, Natalia did an interview. I'm not sure if you've seen this. Um, and someone asked her, like, will Tyson Kidd ever wrestle again? And she basically has explained that he got a he got a break in his C1 vertebrae mm-hmm. uh, so it's known the as the hangman buster, right yeah yeah it's known yeah. as the hangman fracture and it's basically a break just below the brain so he's like he's never able to take a bump again uh, without risking snapping it again so yeah he's he's never wrestling again which is sad yeah i thought that was common knowledge no i, th- I think he's just been he's been gone for a while and he we've gone for years and years but i don't know if i it... mean i swear like i've known that for like a decade or more <laughs> Fair, fair. I've I've seen it pop up on on like news feeds recently of like oh Natalia's just done an interview. We now know if Tyson Kidd's coming back, sort of thing. So yeah, I always I always just assumed there was no way. I mean, that's too much to risk. Like even training, like you know, you could you could mess up still doing some like training. But I know that they're doing that very carefully when he's like getting yeah, yeah. people in ring shape and that kind of stuff. Um. Also, Brock Anderson is gone from AEW. Biggest yes. biggest shock of the last few weeks. Yeah, no longer on the roster page. Nope. And so is uh, VSK. He's he's gone as well. Yep. You know, it's probably good that they clean up the roster page, right? Like, they put a lot of people on there that shouldn't have been on there in the first place. Like, some of the people that are just signed to, like, per... Like, Griff Garrison... Does Griff Garrison need to be on there? Is he actually even signed, or is he just per appearance still? I don't know. I, I would have I, I would have said he was signed. Did he get an all-elite graphic at some point? Did we... Did we mark out over Griff Garrison back in the day? I don't remember. I don't know, but he did get like a significant push being like with the, the Hollywood varsity blondes, whatever the fuck they were called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would have assumed he got signed at that point. I guess maybe. Um, 
So I guess maybe. But there were some people that, you know, could have been trimmed. And I think they've been trimming them. I think people are just noticing when they get trimmed. I'm just actually looking now as like, is there anyone else that could be trimmed without it actually being a release? And uh, because, again, I wouldn't consider removing someone from the roster page that's on a, like a per deal thing. Like, I wouldn't consider that a release. You're not technically signed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think everybody else on here is signed. So we'll see. I guess I could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, shall we get into recapping? We're just going to... You know, we missed a lot of shit. We're just going to focus on the last week of content. Shall we get into Dynamite? Yeah, these people have waited long enough. Let's uh, light the fuse. And bring the boom. We go back to last Wednesday, October 18th. We were at the Fort Bend Epicenter in Rosenberg, Texas. You and I ranked seven things, though there were more, so I probably will mention a few things that happened during this Dynamite when the time is right. Um, again, there was significantly more than seven things on this dynamite. It was a pretty packed dynamite. Um, you'll take the highs because you have the segments. I'll take the lows. Are you ready for my number seven? I hated my number seven, by the way. So I think I get the lows, you get the highs. Did I fuck that up? Did I maybe yeah. change it? Um, last time after we recorded, maybe that, maybe I did change it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're, you might be right. You know what? We'll just, even if, even if you're wrong. It's fine. One of us as well. There's a 50-50 chance. So you ready for my number seven? I hope it's my number seven. Okay, this is, uh, my number seven is Wardlow versus Ryan Nemeth. Yeah, that was my number seven. I hate that. Yeah, um, it was essentially one powerbomb that did Ryan Nemeth in. Yeah, um, everyone, Griff Garrison got like six. <laughs> Ryan Nemeth got one. Like, I don't know if Dolph is coming to AEW, but if there is a chance Dolph comes to AEW, like, this should have been it sort of thing. Like we shouldn't have seen Ryan Nemeth until Nick Nemeth was ready to appear, essentially, and then yeah, to to bury right, get, right, get uh, the get the Spirit Squad back together, guys. Right to bury Ryan Nemeth that quickly, and then sure, the the bit I disliked the most was the Shivani talked to him, and he was like he just showed his wristband, and then he pushed Shivani to the floor. It's like oh, yeah. that was unnecessary. So Wardlow's definitely heel. We can officially say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is this is heel Wardlow. Um, back with a target for MJF, just like everybody else on the roster right now. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants MJF's title. There's a lot of storylines involving MJF right now. There is, to be fair. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, yeah, I disliked this. I wish that he at least would have taken more power bombs because everybody else has taken, you know, significantly more before they were TKO'd. He took one and was dead. I get it. He's a joke. He's even a joke on BTE, right? Like, I get it. But that also sucks and that kills him legitimately. So, um, would have been nice for at least a few more power bombs. Like you said, would have been better had it been saved for when Dolph was ready to make an appearance. He could have either, you know, been shown in the back laughing because he does that on social media or he could have made the save, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, either way, it would have been good to hold off is what it is. All right. Ready for my number one? Go on, then. That's going to be Kenny Omega taking on Kyle Fletcher. Yeah, that's what I had. And we loved the uh, the Don Callis promo just before that. Yeah, you same. forced me to do that. I did have that separated at one point. <laughs> and when I did, I think I think I ranked that promo at around like the number four spot or something like that. Fair. Um, but lumping that 
promo in with Omega and Fletcher, which the first off promo, you know, Don Callis comes out with Powerhouse Hobbs and Kanosuke Takeshita. They're talking shit about Jericho, basically. They bring up Omega, and when they bring up Omega, that's when Kyle Fletcher comes down and he's like, hey, you know, um, uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but basically he was like, I'm going to beat Kenny Omega, right? And I'm awesome. Something like that, right? Fair, fair, yeah. He said he was going to beat Omega and he was going to like, Don's like, well, if you beat Omega, we'll talk or some shit, right? Yeah. And then Don sat on commentary, did he not, for this entire match? I'm pretty sure he did. Maybe he didn't. Yeah, yeah, we had Don on commentary. I think he did. We also noticed during this promo that Powerhouse Hobbs is in the Disciple painting, which was, is a beautiful yeah. touch. Yes, I, I like the, uh, the addition. And I liked the promo from Hobbs, right? When Hobbs was actually speaking. I did like that promo. Um, the match between Kenny Omega and Kyle Fletcher was, again, I keep saying when on the episode that I don't even know, maybe it was the episode that never did post. Um, there was a thing that you and I said that like, you know, Kyle Fletcher had the fucking best match that we've seen in AEW on Dynamite until his match against Danielson on Collision. And that was the best one. Yeah, now, yeah. I think now we can say the match with Omega is probably the best one he's had in AEW since. Okay, fair. Yeah. This match was fucking dope. Um, I liked everything about this. I think that Kyle Fletcher is just an absolute star. Kenny Omega is easily able to bring out the best in anyone. There were some really good spots in this match. It was dope, dude. I enjoyed the hell out of this. I really did. Yeah, uh, personally, I, I do think his uh, match against Danielson was probably edged out. It's a little bit better than this one. Did you have um, this at number one, too, by the way? Did you I say did. you did? Yeah, I had this at okay. number one. Okay. Um, yeah, just reflecting back to Hobbs's promo at the beginning, he had beef with Jericho because Jericho, because he oh, yeah. went to see Jericho when he was like seven years old. Jericho told his mom to sit, to sh- sh- shut just, up. Yeah. And then he told Hobbs to sit down. But like, yeah, Hobbs, Hobbs has been in AEW for years. Like, if you What did I grudge, say in Discord? Everybody has a story of why they like Jericho and everyone has one why they hate Jericho just yeah, in case yeah. they're ever in a story with him. <laughs> so it's like, oh, if you've had this beef, you should have pulled it out ages ago. Um, it was for uh, it was it was very funny. Um, we did get a really really cool fucking snake eyes spot. Um, I think Fletcher through Omega into like oh, second turnbuckle. Oh, it was so good looking. It was. It was. Yeah, and then we got we got nice like snapdragons and uh, some great kicks and stuff. I really liked the fact that the one week angel was counted into a dragon sleeper. Like probably um, the, the, yeah, the, you, the, you the best I'm sure a little bit. <laughs> the most protected finisher versus Seth's favorite move. Also very very nice. Um, but yeah, Omega did manage to get a one week angel later on, and obviously no one's kicking out of that anytime soon. So yeah, it was a yeah. very good match. Except if someone else does the one winged angel, then Kenny Omega is going to kick out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, this match, man, I knew this was going to be a banger as soon as they announced it. I'm glad it lived up to the hype. I was excited to watch it. It was awesome, dude. I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to see what Kyle Fletcher does in the future. Yeah. So I think, I don't know whether we missed this on episodes or whether we discussed it on the last one uh, that didn't post, but yeah, it seems like Mark Davis is injured again. Yes. Like he did have a backstage promo and he said, oh, Davis is out again. Yeah. Definitely Fletcher's time to shine right now. Just like uh, Dante Martin when his brother was injured for so long, right? Yeah. So, yep. Back to you. Number six for me is going to be Lance Archer versus Barrett Brown. That's my number six as well. Cool. Uh, 
Um, Kicking I think... his opponent to the ring. Exactly. I will never get bored of that. <laughs> that was a very funny, very, very funny line. Um, yeah, I think Archer deflected like two topes, the second one he uh, converted into a choke slam, and then he got in the ring, threw him around. It was like, it was a fun two minutes, do you know what I mean? But there wasn't, there wasn't. Yeah, this was a squash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I put in the Discord, I laughed, and I was like, oh, fucking hell, um, Lance Archer's being promoted. As Lance Archer's in action. And you were like, yeah, they're in Texas. I was like, oh, of course they are. That's why we get fucking Dustin Rhodes later on as well. They're in Texas. Exactly, exactly. Um, dude, I was dying because the website that I tend to watch the fight feed through, people were talking about Barrett Brown looked basically like the long lost young buck. They were calling him like Mick Jackson and or Mick Jackson. <laughs> Because he basically looked like he was cosplaying a young buck. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But quick squash. I like seeing Lance Archer. I love his theme. He's a great fucking big menacing dude. Why don't we see more of him? Why is it just in Texas and why is it only in squash matches? I, I, I can't answer that. I'm not privy to that knowledge, unfortunately. You would think he'd either make... I mean, he'd make a great monster heel in any storyline, but is a good baby face too, because he's hilarious. I don't get it. Yeah, I like Lance fair. Archer. I don't get it. That's fair. I don't know whether his stock has diminished enough that we couldn't put him in the Don Callis family, but maybe just chucking him in a stable is a good idea. Lance and Jake the Snake in the Don Callis family isn't a bad idea. That's fair. I'm think I'm thinking like Team and Lance with Takeshi, Team and Lance with Hobbs and stuff like that. Like he'd he'd make a good uh, second or third man, wouldn't he? Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. Hmm. Again, and Jake the Snake is so similar with that, like, you know, uh, menacing mindset or whatever. Like, both of those guys would probably fit very well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be... Hmm. Okay. Uh, number two for me is going to be the opening of Dynamite. Switchblade, Jay White taking on Pentel, Zero Miedo. Number two for me, Brian. Penta versus Jay White. Oh, we are on a bit of a roll, are we not? We're going to fuck it up, mate. About to that. fuck it up soon, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a good opener. Um, I scored it high, actually. Um, I gave Omega and Fletcher 10 out of 10. Okay. And then I gave Switchblade and Penta 9 out of 10. So I enjoyed the hell out of this match, I will say. I do like the antics of what Bullet Club Gold are doing right now. Um, obviously, the guns and Juice being ringside with Cardblade, which Cardblade had a title now. He did, you, yeah. you pointed that out in uh, in Discord. Cardblade now has his own uh, Triple B or whatever, the Bang Bang Belt, yep, which is yep. also amazing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, this match was dope. I really enjoyed it. Um, I also enjoyed the promo that Switchblade did after the fact. Um, I'm invested in what they're doing right now because I don't know who's theoretically, because they keep talking about MJF in the mask, right? And we even, I don't think we're going to talk about it, but we got like a quick teaser of it on Collision on Saturday, right? There was like a, mm -hmm. I don't maybe remember where that was in terms of the show, but maybe we would have mentioned it. But either way, it hasn't been forgotten. I don't know who's going to actually be unveiled as under the masks because it's clearly not MJF and I don't think it's the Kingdom and Adam Cole. So I don't know who it's actually going to be. I'm curious to see. So I'm invested in the storyline because it should come to a head as we build to full gear. Fair. See, I'm, I'm, I'm still 100% in on it. Is the Kingdom, Adam Cole. I don't think shrunk. so. Yeah. No way. Nah. Cole, we, we, we got a... Uh... Cole had surgery, dude. He can't do that right now. Did he have surgery though? Yeah. I don't know, mate. Could all be a work. Not everything's a work. But it could be. <laughs> but it could be. We'll see. When they unveil, we'll see. And if it is, then 
what, what a great piece of storytelling. But we did have a little segment before I get to this Jay White Penta thing. We did have a little segment with uh, Roderick Strong at his house. Um, this is where it started off with, I think it was uh, Mike Bennett playing fucking uh, Trapped, uh, doing the next strong take you on. That was very, very cool. But at the end of it, like Adam stormed <laughs> off and um, Roderick Strong was like, I know what I need to do. I need to make friends with MJF. I need to make friends with the scumbag. So that could, that could theoretically lead back, lead back into, do you know what I mean, them befriending MJF to then all turn on MJF sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you said, there are there are a lot of storylines going in with uh, MJF at the moment. It's like everyone's targeting him. So. I can see that. I can see the threads being connected there. Yeah. 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 I still don't know that I want that to be the outcome, but I don't know what I want the outcome to be. So I think I think we need that to be the outcome in order for MJF to join up with the acclaimed. So and I think that's definitely where we're going now. Okay. So yeah, yeah but um, back to the Jay White Penta match. Um, Jay Jay White tried to tie Penta's mask to the ropes. I don't know why <laughs> he didn't get it right. I don't know why wrestlers can't tie knots because we had it like a few <laughs> weeks ago with Kenny, like, and they tried to strap him to the ring. Uh, and they, they couldn't get that right. Yeah, and it always seems like when wrestlers try and tie knots, they can't tie knots. Um, maybe it's just not in the training. But yeah, we it's did get it. like not a, in the training. <laughs> right? We'll teach you a suplex. We'll te- teach you a secret handshake, but we won't teach you how to tie knots. Um, but yeah, we did get an awesome chop off, uh, like with Penta eventually taking his vest off. Uh, there was some super light chops. We got an incredible, like, it was almost a Death Valley driver, but it wasn't quite, uh, and I was struggling to think of the name, and I know Excalibur couldn't name it because he, he wouldn't give it a name either. Um, yeah, and then we got a nice sleeper suplexes. We got a Made in Japan. We got, like, a lovely sequence of, like, some really cool moves. Uh, and then Juice interfered with, when he, when he did his promo, he called it his pubic zirconium ring. Pubic zirconium <laughs> ring, yeah. Which was very funny. Uh, but, yeah, he interfered I don't think he ring. knows what he's saying half the time. No, nah, he just makes fucking dick references and stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, he's funny. He's funny. But, yeah, and then we followed out with a good promo from uh, Jay and Juice afterwards. So I liked it. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was enjoyable. Great way to open up Dynamite. I was in. I was invested. That's fair. Right, is it back to me? Yep. Right, we'll number see if five. we can, see if we can keep this train rolling. I don't think you're going to have this number five. Number five, Sting addresses the fans. That is my number five. Ooh, can, can we come back on a full housing? <laughs> can we, can we? Well, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't a massive fan of this purely for... I thought like, it was okay. Like he dropped, he dropped Buff Bagwell's name. Yeah, uh, I mean, come on, um, Buff, um, the stuff, and was it the ladies just can't get enough or something like that? Come on, yeah, what yeah, a great yeah. tagline! The it Steiners, is, yeah. Lex Luger, Dusty Rhodes, Hoke, Hoke, Hulk Hogan, not Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Come on now, name dropping them all. Yeah, yeah, but I'm pretty sure, like you can uh, quote me, I could be fucking wrong here. I'm pretty sure uh, Buff's been on Twitter to like another one of these people who call AEW full of vanilla midgets. Like he spoke out about how he doesn't like AEW. Uh, Hulk Hogan is obviously Tony Khan said he will never work in AEW because Tony Khan doesn't like as him he shouldn't. Well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but still, can name drop him. I mean, he's very, very very important to sting's career he he is yeah but i'm pretty sure when he said hulk's name like the crowd booed it of course they did as they should exactly so why why name drop it but then yeah he did mention rick flair which obviously got a lot of woos um 
But then, uh, yeah, Sting did also say that he loves the smell of the arena. And then we have seen people like on Twitter <laughs> who being like, people in the arena need to wash because like it, it cries always stink. So yeah, Sting st- likes the smell of bo. He the does. Memes. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, I just I just thought it was weird that he was like on my last my first match was at Revolution twenty twenty two or whatever. My last match, I think it was twenty twenty one. My last match is going to be Revolution twenty twenty four. And it was like okay, but we've got we got pay per view coming up now. Yeah, like, so we're going to get a Sting match at that pay per view. We have time to appreciate Sting before he goes away. It's a proper send off. It's like a Sting farewell tour. Yeah, so that just means we get a, a Sting a Sting wins a yeah. Sting wins tour. Fuck it. Just like we can. It's his last hurrah. Yeah, why would you not? No, Danielson's going to lose some matches, I'm telling you right now. But Sting shouldn't. Sting's, you know, he's earned what he's gotten at this point. He, he was pretty emotional there. The one thing about Sting that you can expect, whatever the fuck he said, right? This time I'm done. Leave me alone. Not coming back. Sort of a thing. Yeah, he was like, I'm not I'm not going to say the word, but you know what the word is. And then he accidentally said retired. And he was like, oh, yeah, I just said the word. It's like, okay, all right, all right. He's <laughs> getting old, you know. Yes, he is. He's getting Fair. old. It, it's it's time. It's that time. We knew Sting obviously was literally on borrowed time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's That's time fair. for him to enjoy the rest of his years without knocking his teeth out on tables, jumping through <laughs> them in front of, you know, a couple thousand people. Fair. To be fair, I thought he was going to come out and say, I appeared, I debuted at Winter is Coming, and now, like, the winter of my lifetime is coming, and I might <laughs> retire at Winter is Coming. Okay, you know what I mean? fair. I wonder if that's going to be the name of their December pay-per-view, which is rumored to be on uh, December 30th, Saturday. We did get confirmation that Final Battle Ring of Honor's pay-per-view is on December 15th, which is a Friday. We have two pay-per-views in December, one in November. Um, But I wonder if the name of the the one in December, it should be Winter is Coming. I like that as a name, but Winter will have already arrived at that point. Winter has arrived. That's the name of the pay-per-view. Winter on arrival. Winter winter has been coming for several years. Now it's arrived. (laughs) Fair, fair. Go on then, Brian. Seal the deal. What's your what's your number three? Oh, we only have two things left. We do. We have both of our number three. So you and I have either Hikaru Shida and Emi Sakura at number three and four, as well as the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Ooh. All relies on me, huh? Well, I'm going to go with my ranking. I wrote these rankings down on Wednesday. I'm doing my lows, right? I'm doing the... No, I'm doing the highs. You're doing the highs. You're going to fuck it up because you're so high. I'm going to fuck it up at the end. <laughs> uh, number three for me was Hikaru Shida taking on Emi Sakura. Yeah, it was. Number three for me, Emi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida. We did it. We, we did it. Full <laughs> house on, on Dynamite <laughs> for the return. Not bad. Seven things. That's pretty good. Yeah, We've yeah. never gotten a nine thing full house in before. That's going to be really tough. <laughs> I think seven is the most we've gotten, and we've gotten that like once before, I okay, think. Fair. Our first Fullhausen was on a rampage when we used to rank it. It was like three things or four things. Yeah, or yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, that was, those were easy. We have gotten them on Dynamites in the past. Um, I think just once though, once or twice. And one of those should have been a seven. We, I don't think we've ever gotten an eight or a nine. Um, but this was a eliminator match, right? An eliminator match for the women's title. And I really appreciated seeing Emi Sakura in this opportunity because she's had some really 
good matches over the last several weeks that really she wasn't on the, you know, winning end of. Mm-hmm. But she looked quite strong and she's always looked strong every time we've seen her in the past. I've always thought she was good and I've always said, damn, I really wish we would see more Emi Sakura. Um, I think a proper storyline between these two outside of just the the master and the teacher type of it or the mentor and the student storyline that they always go off of because that's that's what this is, right? Emi Sakura taught Shida, but that's the only storyline they ever do. Like a proper story between these two culminating in a pay-per-view match could be fucking sick. Yeah, and they were, I think they were tight in like Sakura's beat Shida eight out of ten times that they've wrestled. Uh, it would have been really nice for Sakura to... She should have like, won. Sk- yeah, squeak a win yeah. out here because it was an eliminator and then that would have built to uh, the pay-per-view. So I'm, I'm, sh- I'm it's a shame this match didn't get... Um, more more fucking more build to it uh there was a part where like taz was hyping up emmy sakura and he was like oh she's won 13 she won 13 titles across 13 different promotions or something and then he got corrected and we went to picture and picture and then taz was just like chewing out whoever gives him notes um which was very funny like taz like yeah essentially on air just admitted that someone else writes his notes for him um it's like, ah, oh, if you sat there every week, I'd, I'd expect you to know stuff about the wrestlers that are in your promotion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. that's fair. But yeah, I <laughs> thought the match was super interesting. Obviously, they've got great chemistry. Um, and it's just a shame that Emmy didn't win. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, but that'll take us to both of our number four. It's technically you, and it's the main event. Yeah, it's this uh, Dynamite Diamond Dozen Dozen Battle Royal. Yep. The dynamite diamond dozen. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, it was, it was okay. It was entertaining at times. Yeah, but I think it was probably placed in the wrong place on the card. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, like, super exciting for a main event, uh, especially because we had the Max Caster thing, which was on Max Caster told MJF to put a ring on it backstage after he refused to scissor him. And yeah. obviously had the juice storyline. So it was kind of, they do these things. Like when we got that tournament with Samoa Joe to face MJF. Yeah, like you kind of know who's going to win going in. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like, it felt like a foregone conclusion um, for this main event. So I would like to have seen something else there, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got like the full running order of who got knocked out where. Oh, I didn't I do that. Damn. How about that? MJF was on before you go over that, MJF was on commentary. I appreciated that because he's always enjoyable on commentary. Um, Dustin was like the first one out for the Battle Royal. He had like a new gold dust type of a sound to his entrance theme, which threw me off for a second. And then um, there was one point where MJF tried paying Dustin Rhodes some sort of money to do the Shattered Dreams to Juice. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Which I thought was fucking amazing. Uh, but anyway, you have the order, so... Go ahead. Yeah, so basically uh, Seidel went out first. He went out pretty quick. Uh, Johnny TV was next to go out quite early. Uh, shocking. Matt, yeah, yeah, shocking. I've got out Johnny TV out early. Uh, Hager was thrown out by Matt Hardy. MJF comes down, pays Dustin to Shadow Dreams Juice. Uh, Garcia and Menard throw Commander out. Trent knocks Hager off the apron. Menard knocks Trent off the apron. Garcia throws Hardy out. Dustin tips Menard out. Uh, gets immediately tipped out by Garcia. Caster tips out Garcia, who's trying to tip out Juice. Uh, we then got like a little scramble on the apron thing. And then Jay came out, Jay White came out and attacked MJF while he was on commentary. And Jay White was wearing a belt. And that's a bit dumb, to be fair, because MJF picked the belt up and was like, do you know what I mean? That could have been the storyline. Yeah, that was it. He got it done. He got it back. Game over. Yeah. 
He's like, oh, I've got my title back. He could have just walked off there and been like, oh, it's, it's all fucking done. He was like, oh, that would have been silly. But no, Jay low-blowed low Max, um, to which uh, caused a distraction for Max Caster. And then Juice put on his uh, his ring and he bonked uh, Caster and knocked him out. And that was it. I think we, got, we might have got a scuffle afterwards. I'm not sure. But. Um. Yeah, probably. I mean, they've been ending with some brawls each show for the most part, but it was an enjoyable battle royal. Um, you pretty much covered it all. Damn, yeah. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I literally am sitting here trying to think of literally something else to say about this battle royal. I got nothing. Um. So what I'll say instead is, before we rank dynamite. There were a few other things that we did not talk about that happened on this show. There was a backstage vin, well, not vignette, but it was a pre-recorded interview between Adam Copeland and Renee Paquette. Uh, it was touted as a rated R interview, like a rated R response or something like that. Rebuttal, I think, was the word they used. Yeah, yeah. rated R rebuttal. Uh huh. That's what it was. Yep. But it was very tame. It was very PG. Right. Um, you can definitely tell that Adam is Adam is um still probably getting used to having elements of freedom mm -hmm. that he didn't have within WWE because that probably should have been a spicier rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be fair, to be fair. So they did have that. Uh, there was a video package with Swerve Strickland and Prince Nada promoting a new music video for Swerve When I Drive, which is available on YouTube. Go check it out. And then there was a new silent movie featuring Tony Storm and RJ City Gone with the Storm, which was beautiful oh wait there was also um a sit-down interview with jim ross nick wayne and his mom mm -hmm. and mama wayne was super emotional and <laughs> nick wayne said that you know do you know i kind of wish they would start calling him nick cage okay yeah 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 i get that that's cool first of all just because it's nick cage but second of all because that would be hilarious um, but Nick basically saying Christian's his new dad and Christian coming in. Hey, you should have picked up the phone, <laughs> <laughs> but then they get attacked by Darby, um, who throws Nick Wayne like face first into something and busts his face open, mm -hmm. uh, literally fucked up his teeth that he just got his braces removed a few months ago. So poor dude, <laughs> Um, his, it was like his front left tooth or something like that. It was chipped yeah, or yeah. pushed up or something. I don't know. He was bleeding pretty, pretty good from the mouth. Um, but Luchasaurus, you know, made an appearance. Sting made the save after his little promo with Tony Schiavone in the ring a few minutes prior. And, uh, yeah, it was a big old brawl. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was all right to be fair. Um, that being said, how did you rate dynamite? See, I sat at a four. Okay. I went with four stars as well. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. I went with four stars as well. All right. Well, let us go to Ring of Honor. Um, I don't know this one. Unfortunately, it doesn't tell me when this one was taped. So it would have been on whatever show or venue they were at Saturday, the uh, 14th for Collision. Doesn't say. Usually it says. Doesn't say. We had 12 things on Ring of Honor last Thursday. And Helico defeated Gravity. Sean Dean defeated Peter Avalon. Mercedes Martin. Martinez defeated Marty Bell. Tony Nice defeated Ethan Page. Billy Starks defeated Diamante. Josh Woods defeated Pat Buck. Uh, that was a pure rules match, by the way. Uh, Griff Garrison and Cole Carter defeated Myron Reed and Ren Jones. Kiara Hogan defeated Allison Kay. The Righteous Vincent and Dutch defeated Kevin Matthews and Rob Gordon. Lady Frost defeated Zoe Lynn. Commander defeated Metalik. And in the main event, we had the Gates of Agony defeating Darius. 
Darius Martin and Action Andretti, and the Workhorsemen, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry, in a triple threat tag match. Okay, so boo to that, but I, I've been sat here with a sour face since you said, you just say Tony Neese beat Ethan Page. Yes, Tony Neese defeated Ethan Page. For fuck's sake, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even, that's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool but I, would, I did want to bring up uh, you say Angelico beat Gravity he did yes Angelico defeated and defied Gravity as yeah, he so, there, so I seen there was uh, I seen a little clip of a promo like uh, uh, Angelico and Kingston got face to face and basically Kingston's challenged Angelico to a ROH world title match which regardless of the fact that Angelico's not going to win it's nice that Angelico's probably going to get like a decent length match oh yeah with Eddie Kingston so that should be pretty good their styles are going to clash though it's going to be crazy to watch like yeah, I mean they've they've worked together I'm sure in the past but yeah yeah um, it's going to be an interesting match but yeah good for Angelico yeah I like it dude I deserves like it Yep, dude deserves it. But that was Ring of Honor. Um, I don't, and I haven't actually watched Ring of Honor in a few weeks now. I'll get back to it eventually, maybe. I definitely want to get back to it before the pay-per-view, because I really like their pay-per-views. Like, their pay-per-views are always fucking awesome. Yeah, see, to be fair, most most of their week-by-week content doesn't doesn't super appeal to me. It seems a lot of, like, enhancement talent-ish. But when the yeah, it's very much the new dark, as we, you know, speculated it would eventually be. Yeah, yeah. But as you said, like the pay-per-views usually bring it so they're worth paying attention to. So. Yeah, uh, the pay-per-views right, right outside of like Dallas or something in December. Jeff said he's thinking about going because he just okay. lives right near there. That'd be cool. If he goes, he needs to tell us. We'll see if we can spot Jeff in the crowd. Yeah, he'll have to take a sign. Um, Sev's a piece of shit or something like that. You know what I mean? I'll allow it, yeah. Something that's easy to pick out. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, or just like something with stippies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. Anyway, uh, moving on to <laughs> Friday, October 20th, Rampage. This was also from the Fort Bend Epicenter in Rosenberg, Texas. We had four things. Uh, the first match probably honestly should have been on like a dynamite or a collision, right? Like, yeah. this was a big enough deal. It got a big reaction from the crowd. It lasted longer than anything on dynamite this past Wednesday. We had Mystico, who is the original Sin Cara from WWE but Mystico is his, you know, CMLL luchador name. Uh, Mystico defeated Rocky Romero in a two to one decision best two out of three falls match. Uh, they are both champions. I don't know the names of their titles, but they are both champions in CMLL. One's middleweight, one's welterweight. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And it's dope, dude, that AEW now has working relationships with two promotions in Mexico, CMLL and AAA, that fucking hate each other and they don't work together normally. True. But true. within AEW, there is a common locker room that these talents can now share that's kind of unprecedented but this being in texas so close to the border uh the crowd was very much behind mystico he was super fucking over dude it was really cool to see good for him wwe failed tremendously with the original sin cara and then they eventually what they gave it to like unico right or something like that yeah, um, yeah after this guy left this dude is super talented i'm excited he got to showcase his stuff again in front of a you know an american audience i wouldn't mind seeing him again yeah, exactly what I was going to say. I tuned into Rampage just to watch this match. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. They were they were a little slow at the beginning of the match, but they did pick up and they did work together really well. Um, yeah, and it's really nice to see like some CML, CMLL uh, promotion on, on AEW. It's cool. It's cool that we've got them and we've got like characters from AAA. Whether they cross paths, I don't know, but 
Still. Yeah, I don't know that they I don't know that they could do like cross matches, right? Like they probably not. That'd probably still be something that both sides wouldn't appreciate. But sharing a locker room, that's still a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh elsewhere on Rampage, John Silver defeated Brother Zay and Kip Sabian to become the new number one contender for the AEW International title, which he would get at Battle of the Belts, which we will talk about here in a bit. The Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Utah defeated Brian Keith and Exodus Prime in a quick squash match. Cool seeing Brian Keith again. Last time we saw him, it was against Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Brian Keith regularly competes in GCW. He's got a good look. I wouldn't mind seeing more of him in AEW either. Has he got like a cowboy gimmick? Yeah. I think so. I think he won. There's like a... When he win, there's like, you know, the PWI rankings. Yeah. Like there's a there's a, a black... I don't think it's PWI, but it's like a, a black wrestler, black black indie wrestler, like 500 or whatever. Yeah, uh, that, that guy won it this year. Oh, nice. But, Dude, he's very talented. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of posts about him, like a lot of people giving him recognition. So yeah. that's cool. He's, he's somebody that Tony Khan should absolutely give a look to and yeah. potentially bring in more frequently. Nice, nice. Uh, main event, Ruby Soho defeated Sky Blue. This was the debut of her Scooby-Doo Sky Scooby Blue, Blue outfit. Yeah, Scooby Blue. Her nice. her name tag on her collar says SB, but that's because that's her initials. Sky Blue. Blue. Yeah, yeah. 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 But cute gear. Um yeah, decent cool. match. Decent match. Kind of knew Ruby was gonna win. I was really hoping Sky was gonna win. I like the actually I like it because I like dark things, but I don't yeah. know what they're doing with this. Are they doing like a coven of witches that are gonna be following Julia Hart around? That would be awesome, to be fair. Because I mean we have Sky who is slipping further and further to the darkness, right? Willow, who they even mentioned it on commentary, like, you know, she's she's like fifty percent less bubbly than <laughs> she was, but she's not as bubbly as she used to be. Like she's slipping too, right? And but some things happen we will talk about probably later. Um that would be a cool little thing to do, like a little coven of witches. Yeah, so I think I said it on the episode that I would like to post. see Sky Blue with dark hair like that. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, that like Willow Willow and Sky aren't really doing anything else, so it'd be it's a good idea to like just yeah, just turn them and put them with Julia Hart. And then at least that, because those three are, you know, Willow, well, fuck, I don't know who I would consider the best wrestler of those three. There's all three still fairly new, right? Mm -hmm. um, I lean towards Sky Blue as being the best of the three, but then I also lean towards Pra, maybe Willow. It's probably not Julia. Yeah, I think to be fair, Julia would be at the bottom of those three, yeah, yeah. I think if you build a little coven of witches within the Black House of Black, um, if you build that as like a little subsect of it, you pretty much have to focus on Julia as the main character there. But that could be how they build her back up to like a TBS title shot or something more. Because she's always she got the numbers game sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah to yeah. where she finally does now win it. That could be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm all on board. Yeah. All and then board. either Sky Blue or Willow or whoever else they pull into this little coven of witches, one of them can break free from the control and that's who's like the next challenger or some shit like that. JR's definitely going to call him a coven of bitches, isn't he? Coven of bitches. He's going to fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's JR coven of bitches here around ringside. <laughs> what did you call them, JR? Co coven of witches. <laughs> Uh, that was Rampage. Let's move on to Collision this past Saturday, October 21st from the FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. You and I once again ranked seven things. I have zero notes on this one. No um, that's okay. I have a, not that great of a memory. We will flip 
<laughs> you will take the highs. I will take the lows. Are you ready for my number seven? Can we do it again? Back to back? No, absolutely not. You don't think we can? No, no. You definitely won't have the same as me. All right. Number seven on my list is FTR taking on Bad Thad Brown and Darian Bankston. Yeah, number seven for me was FTR taking on... I just got a mustache because that's all I could remember about them. Off to a good start. Um, uh, This match lasted all of one minute and nine seconds. There were theoretically four squash matches on Collision this past Saturday. One of them was an unnecessarily elongated squash match, but it was still a squash match. Um, And there were four of those. This Collision felt weird to me. Um, But either way, it was a squash match. And I don't even remember what happened. So, number yeah. seven. All, all my notes I've got is, uh, thank fuck, the House of Black came out. Yeah, I, I wasn't interested. Oh, uh, you know what? That was the saving grace of Collision, is that they fucking just ran rampant throughout the entire show, attacking everybody. Mm-hmm. I love it. Keep doing that. That at least made it entertaining, because otherwise this was not... That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I was. I wasn't interested in seeing uh, FDR squash some random jobbers. So when the light, I think the lights went out. And yeah, and then the House of Black sort of attacked them. And I was like, cool. I'm. All, I'm all right with that. Yep. So that, right. that that saved me from giving it a one star to a five, a one out of ten to a five out of ten. So. We got our number seven, Sev. We can keep this up. Come on. We can't. Number fight. one. There's an obvious choice. Number one. Obvious choice. Yeah, the, the number one's obvious choice. For my crystal ball is telling me you ain't you ain't doing this one. You ain't doing uh, the rest of the ranks right. Um, number one is obviously going to be Andrade Alidolo versus uh, Brian Danielson. Absolutely. That is number one. This was a banger. I gave this a 9.5 out of 10. Uh, just for reference, I gave... I gave it a 10 out of 10. I gave Jay and Penta 8.4, and I gave Kenny and Fletcher like an 8.6. Um, I gave so I was... Jay and Penta a 9, and Kenny and Fletcher a 10 as well. <laughs> Fuck it. Give me that great wrestling, Sev. Shoot it into me. But yeah, um, uh, this match was given the correct amount of time. It was given a fair amount of time. 18 minutes and 49 seconds. Nice, nice, nice. Um, it was like the first half hour of the show almost. It was, to be fair, yeah. I liked the uh, McGuinness uh, was calling Danielson a stinky son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. Um, the speed He on... was on something, by the way, last Saturday. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> he was ripping into people. I think half of my notes for Collision, to be fair, are Nigel said this. What a fucking <laughs> laugh. Um, my brethren. Right, yeah, you're doing me pride there, Nigel. Um, but yeah, the, the speed on uh, Andrade's split-legged moonsault was beautiful. That was very, very cool. Uh, and it ended in like a, a couple of like, there were like reversal counter roll-ups and then eventually yeah. like the crucifix roll up got Danielson um, eventually squeaked it out yeah 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 which was pretty cool and then after that like the lights went out and then he came back on and Malachi just stood there and just the crowd fucking dead and I was like yes uh yeah and then we got Black Mass um which was really fucking cool I'll take a Danielson uh, Malachi match that's very very nice Yep, absolutely. This match was amazing. And I also liked later in the show when they had CJ Perry go up to Andrade, kind of like offering her services. And Nigel's like, I can think of one person that's not going to like that. And it's not Miro. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Talking about Charlotte. (laughs) Yeah, Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Uh -uh. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Um, Glad CJ's there. Glad they're doing something with her. They're doing something. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, this was obviously the right call for number one. You made a smart decision. Um, this was an incredible way to open up the show. It would have also been an incredible main event to the show, but I get why they put, they, at least they try to put, right, the most exciting thing or what they want the crowd to tune into most at the start because start hot and then go from there. Um, Nigel McGinnis also made a reference to Zach Gowan, and I don't remember why. Okay. Do you remember that? Do you remember Zach Gowan, first of all? He's guy with one leg, wasn't he? Yes, but there was something that happened during the match and he was talking about Zach Gowan, and I don't remember why. Um, but he did. And I thought that was hilarious because it's 2023 and we're still talking about Zach Gowan. Like, I wonder how he's doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a freaking dope match, dude. Dope match. And they beat the hell out of each other. You could tell by both of their bodies at the end, right? They were hitting the shit out of each other, but they were having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think Andrade had like bruising like halfway through the match. It's like, yeah, they were yep. going for it. It was nice. It was nice. It's one of those things that, you know, both guys just fucking love. <laughs> Fair. Just beating on each other. Right then, Brian. Um, all right. Number six on my list, right? You can't have fucked this up. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number six on my list is the guns taking on the outrunners. <sighs> no, that's number five on my list. Come on, Sev. You come on, Brian. It's the fucking outrunners, the fuck. man. Yes, it is the outrunners, <laughs> but they only got... Two minutes and two seconds to outrun around the ring. They got squashed by the guns. We got the eight runners and we got the guns. Yeah, but they got squashed. We had back-to-back squashes. We had two matches in the span of like three minutes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I got I got in my notes. It's uh, we're getting the cool jobbers tonight. Um, so that was fun. I thought we could have had a bit more juice. Like we didn't get juice here. It was just the guns and Jay White. Um, and then yeah. Nigel made a reference, obviously, because Juice and Max Caster intertwined a little bit. Um, Nigel made a reference that Caster's been eyeing up MJF's ring for a while. Yeah. Which is a very, very cheeky reference. But yeah, it was it was after this match that we got the little um, the little devil vignette. Was just that. Just, yep, that would make sense. So yeah, and Jay White looked a little freaked out. So yeah, they haven't forgot it. It was yeah. cool. Yeah. All right, back to you. Okay, and we're going to continue fucking this up, because there's no way you put this at number two. Number two for me, uh, Sky Blue versus Hollywood Haley J. Wait, did you say Hollywood Haley J? Was that yeah, her name? Yeah, Hollywood Haley J, yeah. Wasn't it just Hollywood Haley? Yeah, but her, 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 yeah, her other name is Hollywood Haley J. Oh, okay. Apparently you know who she is. Number five for me. Okay. I, I put this um one higher than the other squash match, because Sky Blue's hotter, so... <laughs> Fair. Um, hotter than yeah. the guns and yeah, just barely hotter than the Outrunner. Hot, outrunners are, you know, there's some pretty hot dudes too. Come on, not gonna lie. Yeah, fair, fair. Um, so yeah, for, for me, this was the debut of the Scooby Blue because I didn't watch... Um, oh, so you didn't so, stick around to see the end of You should have stuck around. Rampage, no, no. I, I, I turned off after the... You probably the, should go back and maybe watch that. Okay, fair, yeah. Fair, yeah, all right then. Um, but no, Hollywood AJ is... One of the main characters in Wrestlers, the Netflix series. She's like she's from OVW. She's like one of the focal points. Um, oh, that's sick. Okay, did yeah. not notice. But I mean, they were in Memphis, so I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I've watched. I watched the entire of Wrestlers. Uh, it's a really good show. Um, so to see her pop up, it was like, oh shit! It's 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 Hollywood. Um, and I thought like the two minutes she got in there, she 
she did work quite well. She looked a little vicious at times, and it was like, you know, she's, they didn't seem like they were, as you say, wrestling underwater. So if if that was her two minutes to shine for TK, then I think she did fairly well. Yeah, um, okay. So, yeah. I, I don't know number two well, it. but, you know, I, I get it. That's why I put it higher than the other squash match. Yeah, so I think for people who haven't watched wrestlers, it would have been a, 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 just a random squash match. But for anyone who has, it would have been like, oh, fuck, we know that person. Uh, that's very cool. They're on TV. So that got a pop out of me. Well, very cool. All right. Yeah, we definitely fucked this one up, but that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Um, and again, more darkness from Sky Blue here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's which, on the right path. Again, cool to see. And not the last time we would see her on Saturday. So uh, next up, back to me. I'm on the lows. So that was my number five. Number four is going to be the elongated squash match. The longest of the squashes. Uh, that would be Miro taking on Action Andretti with CJ Perry sat ringside. Yeah, that was number six for me. Miro versus oh, uh, wow. Action Andretti. Why the elongated squash lower than the actual squash? Let's find the notes. Um, curious. Just curious. That's all. I think because it, it was an elongated thing, like I fully expected Miro just to crush Action Andretti and it seemed like he was beating him down for a long time and then he went for the game over and the game over got countered and then Andrade got a little bit of a comeback and then eventually got put back into the game over so it was like oh, we could have just done this in the space of two minutes rather than however long it did take. This match went 9 minutes, 11 seconds. Yikes. Yeah, it was definitely lengthy. Um, obviously, there was no way that Action Andretti was going to win, but it was it, it was it was all right. Like, it was decent. It was nice that they didn't squash him, but I'm actually shocked. It should have probably been a squash match um, because I wasn't invested in this enough for a nine-minute match. Like, even after Miro dominated him, right, like, he walked up to him and it looked like he was going to, like, either shake his hand or pick him up, but no, he just kind of, like, looked at him as, like, fuck you, walked away. And CJ just kind of had sit there with like a weird look on her face. Yeah. So I don't think like while CJ Perry is there and she's trying to manage other people, she's she's obviously more interested in Miro because she was smiling every time Miro beat Ashton Andretti Dame. Well, that's the story, of course. Yeah. It's some like weird sex thing. Like they did it with Bobby Lashley. This is rehashing. Fair. Maybe that's the only storyline Miro wants to do then. <laughs> just wants to do threesomes <laughs> with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Hot and flexible. Fair. But yeah, as you said, uh, CJ went up to Andrade afterwards. Or I think that might have been on Battle of the Belts. But yeah, so it looks like we're getting uh, Andrade versus Miro. And I kind of hope Andrade wins that one, to be fair, seeing as he just lost to Danielson. But It'd be nice if he did. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that's the way they're going to go. Yeah, it'd be nice if he did. <sighs> okay. Back to you. Back to me. Number three. Some Memphis Street Fight time, baby. That was actually number two for me. Okay. You like this more than I did. Um, um, yeah, I guess so. And that's surprising. Yeah. I thought I think this... I appreciated that Dave Brown was on commentary. Legendary okay, commentator. Fair, fair. Like, that was kind of nice. So I'd I give it a little bump for that. That's fair, fair. I thought this was very, very dumb, even for my standards. Uh, we did get ketchup and mustard. Seems like every time... Um, Jeff Jarrett's in a lucky backstage brawl or something. He gets ketchup and mustard. 
Um, and this it was essentially like a five on one, but not everyone interfered at the same time. So that was kind of dumb. Uh, we did get a cut through a table from Jay Lethal to Eddie Kingston. Uh, Satnam did he the guitar shot. He did. Cool. Uh, there was a weird spot where Kingston was just like bashing himself on the head with a trash can. Um, I seem to like fire himself up or something. Yeah. Uh, we we did get a bit of blood. We did get some funny spots, but. Yeah, overall, I thought this was fairly dumb. I like that this obviously match was set up right with the intent that if Jeff Jarrett were to beat Eddie Kingston in this Memphis street fight, that Jay Lethal would get a shot at the ROH title. I am assuming that might be our final battle match. Maybe they stretch that out to the paper. It should be, honestly, but I don't know if it will be. But I like the promo even that we got to build up to this match was the promo. I think the promo was on rampage. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did. There was that. a fucking dope ass promo between the two. Like mm-hmm. I'm in this as a story. Like I think Kingston and lethal could put on a hell of a program together leading up to the pay-per-view. So I appreciated that. I like that, you know, Jeff Jarrett was the one to get the win because I wanted to see the match between Kingston and lethal. It was stupid. It was, you know, the right amount of hardcore for me without, you know, I mean, there was, there was barbed wire. Dave Brown was like, I think, you know, Jerry Jarrett and his dad would be disappointed in how old Jeff Jarrett here is all done. You know what I mean? Like, um, it was, it was fun. It was a good throwback for the Memphis area. It was good. Uh, but that will bring us to our final thing. It's my number three. What is it for you? Number four. Okay. That's our main event for the tag team titles. Ricky Starks and Big Bill defending against Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Utah. Um, again, I have no notes. I remember Claudio dancing on the ropes trying to be Ricky Starks. I thought that was entertaining. Yeah, very wobbly. Yeah. Yeah, very wobbly. Very entertaining, though. Um, you know, why don't you just take it away? <laughs> Fucking no notes. Um, yeah, <laughs> you you got the uh, you getting was the big. Utah well, was getting the big work over, uh, so that Claudio could get the hot tag. Um, big Bill had a very nice uh, boss man slam. Very very nice boss man slam. Um, so obviously Claudio doing a very wobbly top rope walk, uh, and then yeah later on we got the House of Black again. Yeah, um, third time of the night. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Um, I think I would have preferred the Ali Delo Danielson match to have been the last match, um, and then we ended collision to with lead the, into like Battle of the Belt or something. Yeah, we ended collision with just Malachi Black turning up. You know, the lights come on, come off, come on. He gives a Black Master Danielson, and that be the end of uh, collision. I think that would have been nicer, but we did. But we, we got did. to have Moxie come out at the end of collision. Yeah, we did get that pop from the crowd. We did. We've had a lot of Mox. I know Mox is back, so. Yeah, more mocks. But yeah, essentially the House of Black did interfere. Uh, they helped Ricky get the Rochambeau to get the win. So the referee obviously didn't see the House of Black interfering, beating up Claudio. But um, yeah, it was all right, to be fair. Yeah, I thought this was a decent main event. That's why I gave it the, uh, the old number three spot. Fun way to close it out. I appreciated Claudio swinging ricky into oblivion as collision faded to black and battle of the belts was starting i was kind of hoping that he would keep swinging until battle of the belts came on the air yeah but um he didn't he did let him go as soon as collision went off the air um all in all i thought that collision was like i said kind of a weird show um danielson and andrade definitely saved it being a 10 out of 10 but but the show as a whole is still a three eight for me three out of five yeah what score did you give it sorry three out of five fair exactly where i sat Okay, perfect. Perfect, perfect. 
opening match was good. Nice to see Holly Hood. Hey, Jay, uh, apart from that, was a lot of squashes. And yeah, I wasn't super invested in the main event. Yep, agreed. Uh, we also had Battle of the Belts take place immediately after Collision. So still from the FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. There were four matches. You and I did not rank these, so we're just going to go over it like we do Ring of Honor Rampage. Maybe talk a little bit about, you know, what they did. Um, the show started with an international title match as Orange Cassidy defended against John Silver, who had won the rights to this match again the previous Friday night at Rampage. It was okay. It was a decent match. They had a delayed superplex spot that was kind of cool that I remember. Yeah, they did. We had, we had a nice thing with uh, John Silver putting his hands in OC's pockets. That was a slight variation on what they usually do. We did have the um, OC shoulder barge Moxley on the way down, and then Moxley tried to scuffle him. So yep. it looks like we're getting that match again. We'll see whether Moxley's Mox going to get his title back. They're just going to keep <laughs> yeah, potatoing yeah. it around to get back to where they were previously (laughs) should have just just been the interim international title shouldn't it yeah more more interim champions yeah Um, yeah. but you know orange cassidy defending champion had to be here there's a title there's a show that needs a title match you know he's going to be on it so um it was a decent match we had the roh world tv title next as samoa joe defeated tony nice uh, this was a squash. Yeah, why don't you just say it was a squash? Yep, Tony Nice, you know, defeated Ethan Page the previous Thursday on Nirvana, <sighs> and then Joe just fucking decimated him here. <laughs> why? Makes me wonder why. if if TK's booking ROH or if someone else is booking ROH. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I guess that's probably. Wonder if maybe like uh, Dan- Christopher Daniels or someone is booking Ring of Honor. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Um, Samoa Joe did have a nice promo though after this quick squash, and you know made his intentions known that he is not done with MJF either. So he is also targeting MJF. Fair, fair. More matches for Maxwell. We had the TBS title match next. Chris Statlander defended against Willow Nightingale. This was where they said that she was like 50% more bubbly than usual. Um, if I was ranking things, this probably would have been my number one on Battle of the Belts. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've ranked them. Uh, I put Statlander, Willow at number one, OC Silver at number two, uh, the acclaimed match at number three. That's and then exactly Joe. what I would have had. Joe and Nisa at number four, yeah. Yeah. Those are those would have been my exact rankings. So we can we can count that. Full housing, two out of three tonight. Um Ooh. that's exactly what I would have had. This was a, this was good, right? And I, again, I like the storyline potential of what they're doing here with Willow and Sky Blue. You know, after the match, Statlander wanted to shake Willow's hand. Sky came down, was like, no, don't do that. But then she ended up doing it anyway and then walking away. So, like, you know, the darkness hasn't affected her as much as it's affected Sky Blue yet. I like what they're doing here. It's interesting. I'm invested. Um, I want to see more of it, but I want to see more out of Statlander's title reign, too, because it's starting to get boring already. Yeah, so I I did watch Battle of the Belts, but I had it on in the background. Uh, I was playing some Mario Wonder. Um but yeah, we, we uh, Statlander did a big backflip off the apron. That was cool. And then we got a cannonball into the steps. It's cool. And then uh, Statlander did a big DDT. And it's at this point, yeah, I had, I had an epiphany. Every, every wrestling move is just a variation on a DDT, isn't it? Um, Like, you give me give me a move. A dragon sleeper. Okay, so that's basically like you go to do a DDT and then you turn them around and you choke them and you lie back. Okay. Like, give me a figure four leg lock. Yeah, so you go to do a DDT and then you knock them on the floor and then you lock up the legs. Yeah, but so you don't every... have to go to do a DDT. <laughs> because, yeah, so... No, no, anyway. you, could just, you could just do a suplex 
and they're on the floor and then you just pick up their legs flawed logic flawed logic a suplex is just a variation of a ddt you just don't put you just don't drive the head into the mat you lift the body over that's fair but after the variation of a ddt move you then have your opponent on the mat. You can just pick up their legs and even put a sharpshooter in or whatever without having to first think of even motioning for a DDT. Okay. Uh, anyway, we had uh, we had a big spot <laughs> off the uh, off the turnbuckle, which uh, Tony Schiavone said was an avalanche death valley, but it wasn't quite. It definitely wasn't a death valley. It was definitely a variation of a DDT. Um, and then Statlander hit a 450 DDT variation uh, for the win because she was never. Not everything get, is a DDT. She was never going to get Willow up for the Saturday night DDT slam, was she? <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah, this match was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. Um, the main event of Battle of the Belts eight was for the trios titles. The acclaimed and Daddy Ass put them up on the line against Dancing Danny Garcia. Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange. I hope they start calling him Dancing Danny Garcia. That would, uh, that would be what I would call him. Uh, the match was, it was entertaining. Um, you know, is what it is. I don't, I don't think it needed to be the main event, but I don't know what else would have mattered as the main event. Statlander, Willow would have been fine, but yeah, um, yeah, this was okay. I like Daniel Garcia finally getting to do his little dance, even though it did cost them the match and is going to be, you know, used in storyline fodder as to the reason why they lost. But um, it was all right. It is what it is. It was okay. I like the interaction between Cool Hand Ange and Ruby Soho backstage before the match, actually. Yeah, so I don't know whether they're going to... It'd be an idea to pair them up, make them sort of like, yeah, yeah, that might be a direction to go with them. Because I know, I know Ruby's got a title match next week, but it doesn't seem yeah. like it was necessary to give her a title match, but she is kind of directionless. Um but yeah, the the match itself was okay. We did get was it Grizzly Bear? Yeah, the 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 Memphis Grizzlies NBA because the basketball starts on this week Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So they had the mascot there. He'd scissored with the acclaimed and Daddy S. He did, yeah. That was that was a bit of fun. Um, and then we did get a few good pops. Like we got a pop for when Daniel Garcia danced, and we got a pop for when Billy Gunn started doing the suck it sign. Yeah, but, but yeah, it was all right. It was all right. It was it was what it was. Uh, don't think we need to assign a star rating to um to battle the belts, should we? Yeah, go on, just for prosperity. Okay. Uh, I will give it then. We'll give it three stars. Okay, we're gonna disagree. I'll give it two and a half. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't. It wasn't essentially necessary. Fair. That's fair. All right. Looking ahead to this week, so we can get the hell out of here. We have Dynamite and Rampage from the Lacaris Center. I'm probably saying that wrong. In Philadelphia, it's going to be a fun show. We have a lot of things already confirmed for Dynamite. Tony Khan has a special gift for Sting that's being hyped up. Supposedly, it's a it's pretty, pretty emotional. We'll have to see what it is. Uh, Renee Paquette has a sit-down interview with Chris Jericho. Rob Van Dam and Hook will be in tag team action together once again, which is kind of nice since they're in Philly, right? The home of EC Dub. Yeah. The women's title will be on the line as Hikaru Shida defends against Ruby Soho, as you just mentioned a few minutes ago. The Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles will be on the line as the Hung Bucks, the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page 
defend against the Hardys and Brother Zay. That honestly should be a fun match, hopefully. <laughs> um, this is incredible. Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli are taking on Orange Cassidy and Kazuchika Okada in tag team action. We've like, that just blows my fucking We've mind. We've got Okada on the show. Yeah, let's just drop him in a tag, a tag match. Like, just yeah, just blows look. my fucking mind. That's right. incredible. <laughs> And then, I don't know, that could be the main event, but this also could be the main event. The Dynamite Diamond Ring on the line, MJF defending against Juice Robinson. This is a good-looking Dynamite on paper. Yeah, to be fair, if I have to make a wild prediction, just because I like make, make, making wild predictions, I hope Sting's gift is Tony Khan brings out, obviously, the gift. Sting unwraps it, and TK's like, this is my baseball bat. You signed it for me when I was eight years old. Things like oh that's really cool and then he turns around tk bonks him on the head with it and then gets on the mic and he's like you're not leaving till i say you can leave and then that's our feud we get like four months and steve austin and mcmahon eat your heart out we've got tony Khan versus sting yeah yeah that's what i'm going with god you're dumb <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we already have a match confirmed for Rampage this Friday night, which is unusual. And I okay. actually hate that they're doing this on Rampage. This is like the Rampage feud, even though you'll notice that there's never been a match. It's just all been vignettes and backstage shit on Rampage. Um, Mike Santana is taking on Ortiz in a grudge match on Rampage this Friday night. Oh, okay. And then nothing is confirmed yet for this Saturday on Collision, actually. And Collision will be from the Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut. Uh, yeah, I, I would have put Santana and Ortiz on Collision, to be fair. I would have too, yeah. I don't know why they didn't. Like, why put that on Rampage? That's big enough. Like, those guys have actual legit beef. I'm surprised they're even doing the match. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, should be a fun week of AEW content, though. I am looking forward to it. Before we get on out of here, you know what we still need to do. It's time to hit the gong. It's been a while. It's been so long that I don't even remember who I last sent up and down to the burial ground. But the honor falls to you. What are we going with this week? So, the episode that didn't post was my turn to do the segments. And you it said Because we didn't post it, then it's my turn to do the segments again. So, I didn't have a burial ground prepared. Um, so I had to come yep, up with I one sprung on, that on you when we started. Yeah, so I had to come up with one on the top of my head. So, But you're good at that. You're an improv master. <laughs> so uh, so going up this week is uh, Christian. Uh, Christian's penis going down this week is uh, Nick Wayne's mom on Christian's Wait, Christian's, Chris, Christian, Christian's... <laughs> Wait a second here, Steph. Going up is Christian. Going down on Christian is Nick Wayne's mom. She's going to make that call. Okay, so, okay, okay. I yeah. thought you said going up was Christian's penis. It did. <laughs> I'm not putting Christian Gage's <laughs> penis up in the barrel. Okay, we'll just say Christian's going up. Nick yeah, Wayne's Christian's going, going up, Nick Wayne's mom. That's fair. I'll, I'll accept that. She's going down on Christian, yeah. I'll accept that. That's a hell of a burial ground, Seth. Right. Not always the king of improv. <laughs> Anything to mention before we get out of here? Um, no, no, no. Think all I'm right. done. Well, that being said, we want to thank you for staying with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers and all the wrestling podcasts made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, in the show notes, we'll be a link to join our Discord community. Click it. 
join it and interact with us. Taking us out of the show is going to be theme song of the week. Uh, I think the last time we were live may have been the time that I did Edge's music. I don't even fucking remember, dude. Uh, the last <laughs> time we posted an episode. But the honor falls to you. What are we going with to close out? So this week we're going to go with uh, Mr. Coat because it was nice for some CM double L uh, promotion and uh, hope to see a bit more of him. So yeah, going to give it to Mr. Coat. All right. I like it. His theme does not have an official title. Uh, this is the music that he uses in CMLL, so we are going to close out with that. Again, this is Mystico's theme. Now hit the music. Music.